They're looking to decide they want a timeout. They're going to let him play. Gene Baptiste with one. Heaves it for the win. Oh! Goodness. They will review Whoa. this shot as of now. It is the biggest shot for Chattanooga. Some of the review. I think he got it off. They just announced the shot is good. Came before the buzzer. And Chattanooga is going back to the dance with a buzzer beater. March is madness. They're going dancing, baby. Get your oh shoes goodness. ready. <laughs> David Gene Baptiste with the game winner. He started his game 0 for 8. You said just keep shooting. He that, hit the biggest. You have to do it because it does, you have to shoot it for this moment. He stepped up. He wanted it. And he's taking his team to the NCAAs, baby. For the first time since 2016, Chattanooga is headed to the NCAA tournament. What a thriller here in Asheville. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on well, all right. Hello, everybody. How in the hell are you on this Thursday, the 10th of March, the year 2022? One month away from my 42nd birthday. Yay. Can't wait to be 42. I am looking forward to April, though. I mean, it's already my time. I'm already here. It's starting to get good. No baseball. More on that in a minute. It's a Stone on Air podcast. Thanks for being here. It's the first open I made when we went standalone as a podcast, and I think it's the best one. Gonna stick with it. Simple, to the point. Not cluttered with a bunch of Family Guy and Simpsons and Seinfeld references, even though I like those too. I think I'm gonna stick with it for now, even though it's not the best produced thing I've ever done, but a podcast who who really cares what the hell the open is except for me my name is brian you likely already know that i have a uh, loaded show i'm gonna have to move fast today since i have kind of transitioned myself back into daily notes to self and maybe not daily but certainly multiple times a week note to self and it might end up being daily of just you know when an idea pops in my head or i see something or i hear something I'll quickly jot a note down in my phone uh, just to remind me of it so when I go to gather things, I can kind of use those as reference points. And I got away from that at the end of last year because I just got so busy with the holidays and with the new uh, gig, the podcast gig, the morning show deal, the morning drive-in show, which we're still doing right now. And, uh, you know, it's still going. We'll see how it goes into the future. But um, I've I've settled into that pretty well, so it's been a lot easier to be able to juggle a, a lot of these things. And I've got to have something to do once a week. i got to have this show out there. I don't care if it gets five downloads. It's it's just something in my soul that says, get it done. Get it done. And that's um, that's where my, my head has been wired recently. So I've had a lot of thoughts in the last week. And a lot has gone on. And usually, so the segments are generally the same. The open is kind of a scattered bullet point. And then the final two segments 
the, the last two thirds is more planned out, segmented uh, radio show style. Well, every bullet point I put together for the open here, I could have done an entire segment on, or at least a good portion of a segment on. And some of them I might come back to and do full segments. Also, my computer's acting up just a little bit. If there's a little hiccup here and there where the audio screws up, uh, I apologize. I'm just going to let you know in advance of that. It looks like it's rolling pretty good right now, and uh, fingers crossed. All right, so let's just get right into it. The uh, final two segments of the show. The second segment will be uh, Cody Womp. She is uh, running for district attorney. She is a brother of Weston Womp, the daughter of, uh, of Zach Womp. And I'll stretch out in that segment for a long period of time. I got nine cuts from her from an interview from the Chattanooga Morning Show last week. That's the second segment of the show. The final segment of the show, all things Mox. As you heard on the front end there, if you care, you already know. I'm just going to talk about that just you know anecdotally on the way out. Uh, nothing that matters, but it is super exciting to see where this team is and what happened uh, this past uh, Monday, I guess it was. So that'll be all things the final segment of the show, Mox. Uh, then I'll get you three pieces of audio at the end of this segment. The most obvious thing the worst idea, and the coolest thing. And so there you go, all laid out. Let's just jump in to uh, bullet points, and I'll try to get through these as quickly as I can. So the first one is COVID over, question mark. Um, no, COVID is not over, clearly. COVID was not fake or is not fake. COVID is the flu. It's the same thing that I've been saying for two years now. On um, on the front end around March, I was totally flippant about it and borderline chastising anybody who made a big deal out of it. Yes, I understood then. Yes, it's novel. It's new. We're not sure. Okay, fine. I'll back off. I'll be kill. I'll be chill. I'll be cool about it. All right? No problem. Wear a mask? Fine. Follow protocols? Fine. Follow procedures? Fine. What? Stay in the house? Don't go to restaurant? Fine, I'll do all these things. I'm not happy about it, but I'll do it, and I'll be respectful about it, and I won't be a dick about it. But I didn't care about it from the minute I heard about it two years ago, more than two years ago. That was a big year for me, a lot of things going on, a lot of things going on for everybody. That was my 40th year birthday year. There was just it, it was a very personal, lots of things that mattered to me at that time going on. I remember it vividly, and inside I was screaming, this is not a big deal. And guess what? It's not. So no, COVID's not over, but nobody cares anymore. And I'm so happy about that. I hate to tell you I told you so. Actually, I don't hate to tell you that I told you so. But thankfully, I don't know if it takes a war you know, overseas to finally get people to stop caring about something that, that matters to some, that is important to some and is dangerous to some and should be uh, handled that way in those settings. Just not all of us. Jesus Christ, what a disaster that was. Um, we get the clocks changing this weekend. I could do my annual or my biannual rant, uh, not as much rant as just kind of breakdown of how stupid of a thing this is, but at least we get to my favorite time change, which is it's not even really my favorite anymore. I don't even really care. Just stop the madness. Stop changing the clocks. Put it on whichever time you want. I don't even care. And just leave it there. Let the rotation of the earth around the sun just dictate what time the sun goes down. Time's already a construct we've made up. Let's not make it more complicated than we have to. Uh, baseball, as of about an hour before I started doing this uh, recording on Wednesday the 9th, have another round of uh, cancels, uh, cancellations of games into mid-April now. So my birthday weekend has been canceled. 
And um, I will a, a, a segment to come soon, maybe even as early as next week, to give a fuller breakdown of what's actually going on here. Because even people like me who care about this a lot get easily confused because of the uh, really the convoluted nature of what's going on here. This isn't just owners want more money, players want more money, fight, fight, fight. It's way more complicated than that, and I'm going to devote a segment on it probably next week, but if not next week, the week after. So you've been warned, all my baseball-hating listeners, you've been warned, but I won't do it any more than that today. Uh, the feed this past weekend, the uh, the tribute for Ian from uh, Dan's uh, – Dan and Friends and all the the mandolin player uh, as Musin. I still can't even remember. Can't, can't even say his last name right. And I don't. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I love the guy and I I did a, my tribute to him last week. I did not go, but it looked like a big, big, big time, um, and it looked awesome. I saw he uh, Dan put out the set list, and uh, man, it was a fantastic set list. Music all day long at the feed. I. I had a little bit of FOMO, but not much because I've been to those so many times, and um, I'm glad everybody had a great time. And I had my my perfect Sunday fun day weekend. Boy, what a fun, awesome weather weekend! Worked out in the yard. I I enjoyed myself. So did the so did the everybody at the feed, and uh, that was a wonderful, wonderful uh, tribute. Uh, I'm watching the Inventing Anna show. It's about the the supposed German heiress that came to. America and New York specifically and ripped off people left and right a socialite kind of thing if you don't if you know you know if you don't look it up it's a pretty damn good uh, Netflix show I'm going to finish it up tonight I was going to do some more on that uh, but I don't really have time today maybe I'll revisit it after I finish it and uh, it's 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 a good Netflix uh, watch mini series nine episodes if you're looking for something to uh, kill some time and watch some television. Uh, I was looking on eBay for the first time in a long time for something. I don't remember what it was. And I went down a ra- Oh, well, no, actually I do. An actual lunchbox, like a soft shell kind of cooler box uh, because I take my lunch to work just about every day. But I have it when I leave the house in the morning and I need to, something to help. But now that it's not going to be winter anymore, so I can't just leave it in my car. I need something to, to insulate it. And I ended up on vintage lunchboxes and I saw this picture on uh, eBay and it was a picture of a paper bag and it was literally a, uh, a, a the sale or the auction or whichever both was for a paper bag and it was a vintage lunchbox parentheses a single paper bag and the description partially was if you're a collector of or appreciate the historical significance of vint- vintage lunchboxes this is a must article for your collection these were packed with with care by your mom and with love. Sending you off to school with Wonder Bread and bologna, and if you were lucky, a Twinkie. And as it goes on, it's, it's obviously it's a joke, but it's a real sale. <laughs> it says, notes, by the results of your comments, this is an emotional experience. Buy with confidence. Two, price increases goes into effect in the spring due to COVID Omicron restrictions. Smiley face emoji. $15.95, $7 shipping. Seller does not accept returns. Yes, it's a joke, but it's also a legitimate sale. I don't know. Thought that was worth jotting down real quick. Uh, let's see. Um, getting around a paywall. I saw a cool TikTok that showed a, a pretty effective way to get around paywalls. I can't even remember what it is now. It's F12, and then you go to something else, and then you do something else. And I know my journalistic friends are like, screw you, dude, trying to get give away our work for free. Hey, man, it's the internet. What are you going to do? But I didn't write it down. I forgot to. So uh, I'm sure a quick Google search. If you wanted to rip off journalism, journalists, I, I'm, I'm guessing you probably could pull off doing it one way or another. 
And then the final thought here I could spend a whole segment on, of course, the milestone $4 a gallon gas has pretty much hit Chattanooga, pretty much in, uh, across the town. The gas has gone up about 10 cents a day for the last week and a half, two weeks. And if anybody is paying attention at all, we were all told that this is exactly what's going to happen. But it's just in the moment and the actual pushing past that threshold of $4 that has made all the creatively uh, inept and dullards of the world run to social media, run to Instagram, run to Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, even though that's a wasteland, almost nobody's there, but anyone that they can get their hands on to take a picture of the gas pump and then whatever else they want to add to it and snarky comments about it. It's kind of like when it snows. Oh, my God, everybody's getting bread and milk. Look, I'm a, look how funny I am. I'm so funny. I'm taking a picture of this of bread and milk. And it's so, God, I'm such a funny, creative person. Uh, no, you're not. And if you're posting... $4 gasoline by, uh, like everybody else is and it, having something creatively wit witty to say you're not you're actually not you're very intellectually void at this point and you know so many people have done it if it's on a story or something you're screwing around that's fine but it, it, this also goes to oh I don't again I could do the whole I could just do 20 minutes on this but I, I, if you're a grown ass adult if you are a grown ass adult, I don't mean 25 years old. I don't mean even 31 years old or 22 or 27. I'm talking about a grown ass adult with kids, old enough to have kids that are adults and have real lives and difficulties every day to get through for the, for the quality of life in so many different ways. And no matter what your economical status is, and you're going to social media to stir up uh, divisive and polarizing topics to get your rocks off. I just question your brain power, dude, and dudettes. And I don't think most people listening to me are doing that kind of thing. And I know my good friends aren't doing that kind of thing. And a little bit, hey, hey, screw you, Brian. We're just having a little fun. All right, all right fine, fine. I just really, really question where the motivation for that kind of stuff comes from. And boy, are you satisfied easily with the interaction you get that is the cesspool internet wasteland of Instagram and Facebook. They're perfectly fine for a few things that I use them for every day. But seriously, is that what we're doing here? You think you're doing something more creative or unique than anybody else? Get the hell out of here. All right. Three pieces of audio here, and we'll wrap up the open segment. This is the most obvious thing. It is from Jim Rome, a national sports guy out of Southern California, talking about uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going back to Green Bay. Well, yeah, who didn't know that? Of course, Aaron Rodgers is going back to Green Bay. It's the most obvious thing. And of course, he's staying put in Green Bay. Of course, he's staying there. But let's go ahead and be real for a minute. Did anybody really think this guy was going to go to Denver? Did anybody really think this guy was going to go to Tennessee? Don't get me wrong. Both are nice teams. I love the Titans. There's a lot to like about Denver. And I love the Titans. But did anybody really ever think or see Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans? Tom Brady as quarterback of the Titans. Can't believe how weird that would have looked. And knowing Aaron the way we know Aaron, I'm sure that he considered every last option. But if he was going to play, 
and he was not going to retire. And he had other options if he did want to retire. But if he wanted to play more, only one place made sense. He was going to play at Green Bay the entire time. I can't say I had that one from the jump, but all this mess and his aloofness and his oddness and his coyness and just man, just shut up dude and then getting everybody in tennessee and denver and other areas oh we're gonna trade for aaron Rodgers. they're not trading aaron Rodgers. stop quit it he learned a lot of this from brett Favre and created his own little persona he's on with pat mcafee another you know eccentric kind of guy every uh every week seemingly it's a brand it's a whole it's a whole shtick and i, I mean it's fine good do you aaron Rodgers? but of course he was always going to be going back to Green Bay. This is today's worst idea. It's one of the recognizable gals on the, the, the Today Show. I don't remember her name. She's talking to former uh, Attorney General William Barr, who just put out a book, Trash and Trump. Um, and uh, But, well, we'll just call it the worst idea, and you can decide for yourself. You say in your book it's time for the party to move on from Trump. Liz Cheney has said he is not fit to serve and should not be ever near the Oval Office again. Do you agree with that? Well, I certainly have made it clear I don't think he should be our nominee, and I'm going to, you know, support somebody else for the nomination. But if he is the nominee, and you have your choice is Donald Trump or whoever's running on the Democratic side, would you vote for him? Uh, because I believe that the, the greatest threat to the country is the progressive agenda being pushed by the Democratic Party, it's inconceivable to me that I wouldn't vote for the Republican nominee. So even if he lied about the election and threatened democracy as you write in your book well it's, well, it's better hard. than a democrat <laughs> what a what a time to be alive right what a what a world and a time to be alive all i'll say is this if don trump would just get the hell out of the way the republicans have the next two elections completely sewed up and done slam slam dunk signed sealed delivered over if he would get out of the way it would be that concrete it's probably already that concrete, even with him continuing to poison the well. But if he would move aside, it would be all but already over with, and everybody could just chill out a little bit, a little bit, even though that's impossible for most people to do. Jeez Louise. Wow. All right. And uh, the final thing here is just my guy. It's not my guy. I don't know who he is. Uh, one of my followers or people I follow. Jesus, sorry to stumble all over on TikTok. The guy who does the drum beats, and then you try to guess who it is. And uh, we'll do that to wrap up the, the coolest thing here right now. Hold on. Where is it? There it is. All right. I'll give you just a couple more seconds to think about it. If you're a 90s kid, it should be pretty easy. It is from one of my favorite records of the 1990s, Radiohead's The Bends. Of course, it is high and Dry. So, Cody Womp is the daughter of your former third congressional representative, Zach Womp, and she's the sister of current candidate for county mayor, Weston Womp, a candidate that I fully endorse and support, as you likely already know. Well, Cody wants to be your next Hamilton County District Attorney, and she was on with us on the Chattanooga Driving Show last week, and you'll hear from Cody Womp coming up next. But you think that's pretty clever, don't you, boy? Flying on your motorcycle, watching all the ground beneath. More of 
Stone on air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. So the first thing I ask people to do is think about this one thing. Do you feel safer now than you did eight years ago? Because our district attorney walked into office unopposed eight years ago, and we never really got to have a conversation about criminal justice. Since then, we've seen an increase in violent crime. We've also seen an increase in juvenile crime. I'm asking members of this community to think, do I feel safer now than I did eight years ago? And if you don't, the answer is pretty simple. If you want status quo, if you think things are going well, if you want criminal justice to stay the same, then don't vote for me. Because we're going to get in there and we're going to turn things upside down. We're going to change priorities. We're going to focus on violent crime. We're going to focus on child sex abuse cases. We're going to focus on heroin and fentanyl. If you sell heroin or fentanyl in this county and I'm the district attorney, you will go to prison. The law allows for that. We have a district attorney right now who is not only silent, not only has no priorities, but is not punishing violent criminals and drug dealers at the rate that he should be. That was Cody Womp. This is Courtney Barnett. I want to go out, but I want to stay home. This is the chorus of this song. I want to go out, but I want to stay home. And I was going to spend a few more minutes on the thing at the feed this past weekend, the tribute. And I was going back and forth. I was like, I got to go. I got to go. And I was trying to use my more, you know, five years ago self, 10 years ago self. Like, I can't not go. That's where I used to always go. It's a tribute. That's where everybody's going to be. I got to be there. People are going to be wondering where I am. And I'm like, and I've been figuring this out a lot, many years now. The name of this song is Nobody Cares If You Don't Go to the Party. Nobody cares if you don't go to the party. I want to go out, but I want to stay home. Nobody cares whether I went to the party or not. And that's true for you and everybody else, too. If they go, you go, and they see you, and that's a nice time. Good to see you. Fantastic to see you there, buddy. But nobody was sitting around here taking roll. (laughs) Nobody was reporting who didn't show up. To get over that took me most my entire damn life. And once you get to that point, it is a very uh, satisfying and somewhat liberating place to be as a grown-ass adult. So um, I do this show um, in the mornings with Jeff Styles, Jen Lambert, and Russell Stroud, the Chattanooga Drive-In Show. You can find that the same way you find any other podcast. A uh, good chance you already know that in case you didn't. That's where this audio comes from. Jeff Styles conducted this interview. I was just in the room directing traffic and, uh, and, and pushing buttons and keeping things together. So none of these were my questions, and I didn't have any... Uh, 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 you know, rebuttals to any of them. I didn't really, at the time, even care anything about what those answers and questions, uh, questions and answers might be. The, the The biggest thing you got to understand going to this is I am very biased, and I'm uh, that this is not a journalistic kind of a, a downloadable content. This is just my thoughts on the passing parade of life. It has taken everything it took in my soul to be a, a pretty strong Western Womp supporter. It's taken uh, many, many years for me to get to that. I've always admired him in a lot of ways and respect him in a lot of ways, but I've disliked him in a lot of ways as well. But I I do think that he has uh, polished himself up, matured a lot, and really, really, really would be a damn good mayor for the the county of of Hamilton. Zach Womp, I I, I got to like in his post-life, post-political life, this was the first time I met the younger daughter or younger sister of Weston and, and Zach's daughter, Cody. She's 33 years old. She is full of energy. 
She is her father's child. There is no doubt about that. Just like Weston is 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 uh, Zach's son, no doubt. Nobody would ever question that. They have learned from a life of being in Washington, being in the Capitol building, being around politics all their life. It has uh, it has rubbed off well. They're highly educated and they're becoming their own voices and their own people. But it's taking everything I can to to be a supporter. So I, there's only so many womps I can support at this time. I'm not, I've now listened to this three times. The first time we did it, the first time I dubbed the audio in, and then the third time when I edited it up. And every time I listened to it, I got a little more irritated with Cody's overall demeanor and the way that she, uh, the way that she presented herself. Not, not unprofessional or bad. I just, I mean, we're talking about a, this is a political uh, choice here. So I'm going to examine it from all, all angles. So let's jump right into it. I've got nine cuts. We'll see how long this takes. Hopefully not too long. Currently, her boss is Hamilton County Sheriff Jim Hammond, who's on his way out. Austin Garrett's going to take that seat. He is uh, unopposed um, in that race. Jim Hammond's been around a long time. I've met him many times. Eh, I don't love him. Don't hate him. He's fine. Uh, a veteran of Iraq wars and and lifetime of, of law enforcement. Made a few things over the years, that I, decisions and uh department uh what am i trying to say decisions just we'll just say that i didn't i didn't like but overall fine enough guy but he endorsed matt hollander for mayor while the other candidate's sister works for him as his direct counsel and can the can the mayor even do that that was the question i didn't know uh, whether the mayor could do that or not clearly he can here's uh cody Wong. Uh, he's correct. It is uh, absolutely appropriate and allowable that as a constitutional officer, he can endorse whoever the he wants. The sheriff himself. Sure. Um, yeah, nobody else. I can't endorse anybody as an employee of the sheriff's office. The sheriff is not an employee of the sheriff's office. He's the sheriff. And in my adult life, I can remember uh, Robin Smith getting the sheriff's endorsement, Bill Haggerty, Marty Haynes, Chuck Fleischman, Currently, he's endorsed at least three candidates in ongoing races. This has never been an issue. Marsha Blackburn, Mayor Coppinger, this has never been an issue. Uh, this is another candidate that is not my brother um, who got their feelings hurt, um, I think. Brought and, it up. And tried to bring it up. But it, he's absolutely correct. I actually handle our civil service stuff for the sheriff's office. I know it better than anybody at this point. And it just doesn't make any sense reading civil service that it would ever apply to the sheriff. In fact, the remedy for violating it. So if I endorse somebody tomorrow, uh, the remedy is dismissal from the sheriff's office. Well, clearly that remedy cannot apply to the sheriff. Okay, so uh, I guess what happened was Sabrina Smedley brought this up somewhere and wondered why the sheriff was allowed to do this or something. That's what she just implied anyway, because she said somebody not her brother and Hollander has been... Uh, endorsed by Jim Hammond. So she's clearly talking about Sabrina Smedley, who is a whole nother character that I'd like to spend some time on. I don't want to get sidetracked here. but uh, So that's why that came up. Uh, Jeff starts talking about Neil Pinkston, who is the current uh, DA for the county, and he's been there for eight years. I've been around him a few times back in the day at the talk station. Very quiet dude. Doesn't have a lot to say. I mean, you got to beat a question out of him. Dude ain't interested in being loud. Um, Jeff said he's always liked Neil, and Cody... Womp, who's running for that position, disagrees. Do not share the admiration. And I've sort of watched it from a front row seat because I was a public defender. I became a public defender the year Neil got elected. Um, and then I moved to the prosecutor's office in Bradley County. So I've actually been able to see another system work more 
efficiently in a lot of times than, than Hamilton County's system works. But when it comes to this nepotism thing, here's what it indicates to me. Our district attorney thinks he's above the law. He's thought he's above the law for, for several years when it comes to just this issue alone. And the county commission tried to give him an out in 2021. He didn't take it. Uh, he made it worse for himself. He didn't show up. He let the news stories go on. Um, he and, and I was campaigning at some point when that was all going on. It, it started before I, I began this campaign, but I was campaigning. And the, the feelings I got around the county as I traveled around is people just didn't appreciate whether it was a violation the law or not people just didn't appreciate all right so strap yourself in here i've got a huge page of notes here and i want to try to paint this picture as well as i can and incorporating cody womp's audio into it as effectively as i can so if you're interested here we go it's going to take a few minutes uh to to wind this up a little bit so rewind this so you understand there's been issues with uh neil pinkston he got married to his current wife used to work for him within the da's office and then later he hired her brother. So it's a nepotism thing. That's what she was talking about there. I do have a I have a little bit of an issue listening to uh, Cody Womp, and it's spelled C-O-T-Y, by the way, not Cody with a D, C-O-T-Y, Cody Womp. I have a little bit of an issue listening to the Womps talk to me about nepotism. Um, I don't really have that big of a problem with nepotism in a lot of areas. I've been around this my entire life. I worked for a Carter distributing company for 18 years and saw Carter's pass people by left and right because of it was their company. And that's just how it works. I don't I don't have a big problem with it. There's, you know, nepotism versus deep quality relationships, too, and networking. It's you know, a very thin line. The definition of nepotism is uh, actually it's not just family. It's friends as well. Now, you think of hiring your friends as more cronyism, if that's even a real word. But nepotism is actually friends and family, not just family. And so that's been the biggest knock on Neil Pinkston recently is that he has members of his family on his payroll. But we're talking about the Womps where nepotism is dripping, soaking wet. Uh, so it's a little bold and rich to hear uh, to hear that conversation. I don't think any of that matters. Just had to all say that or get that out there. All right, so the next one here, she's got the thin blue line. On all of her advertising, all of her mailers, all of her street signs, and it was asked, "What? Uh, how important is that to uh, to Cody Wong?" Yeah, I've been very clear about why those signs have a blue line on them, and it is an ode to law enforcement every day of the week. You won't see my name in this campaign without that blue line behind it. One thing our district attorney has been horrible at is supporting our law enforcement officers, and that's not just my opinion. Uh, it's also the opinion of law enforcement. Hence, I got the two largest police unions endorsement, which is almost unprecedented for a non-DA candidate to come in and get the endorsement of the IBPO and the FOP. Uh, is really a neat thing to watch. And what it means to me um, is there's evidence on the record that our district attorney has just done a poor job of making law enforcement feel like he's got their back. Well, she certainly is a politician. She screams as a quote-unquote black the blue no matter who type. I'll uh, get to more of that here in just a couple of minutes. Jeff asks her, um, or doesn't ask her, he kind of talks about how Pinkston has a more hands-off approach when it comes to the police department and maybe there should be some separation between the officers on the street and the district attorney's office. I thought it was an interesting thought, interesting thought starter and question. And it made me have even more questions, which I'll get to after we hear the response from Cody Wong. Yeah, I disagree completely. The DA is the chief law enforcement officer under the statute. His office is the chief law enforcement office in this judicial district, which just so happens to be the County. Um, 
they're the same. The, the DA is law enforcement. Uh, every prosecutor carries a badge. There is no difference. So to to I've I've been asked by other people. Well, what is, what do you say about the fact that you're just going to support police no matter what? I've told every police officer this in this in this county. If you treat people well, I've got your back. If you treat people well, I've got your back. If you treat people well, that covers everything. That covers their constitutional right it, rights. It, it covers how you how you handle them on a traffic stop. So yeah, no matter what, if if my deputies and officers treat people well, I've got their back, and I think it's part of my role. All right, here we go. Let's back up just a couple minutes here. I got a few things here. Um, I've st- I I don't know a lot about any of this, and I'm not going to pretend to. And at the end of the day, end of the week, end of the month, end of the year, end of the election cycle. I don't give two dams who the district attorney of Hamlet County is, but I've seen enough law and order to have a small understanding of the relationship between detectives, police officers, and the district attorney's office. All right. And the DA, she says the DA is law enforcement. Well, I mean, there, an, an attorney uh, uh, uses the constitution to uh, interpret law in a court of law. They're not they're not law enforcements. A district attorney can't pull me over for speeding. The DA is law enforcement? What? No, it's law interpretation. They're not law enforcement. I mean, for, forgive me if I'm getting this terribly wrong and maybe maybe I clearly maybe I am. This isn't a back and forth. I can't ask her to expand on that. She says the district attorney's office or the district attorney is law enforcement. I would say, no, the district attorney is law interpretation. And I've been questioning authority and law enforcement my entire life. So when I get this feeling of back them no matter what, it makes me a little, it makes me cringe a little bit. And, it, and I've said this many times over the years. Any old dumb asshole walking around can be a cop. The prerequisites ain't much. You haven't achieved much of anything in your life just by becoming a street cop. You really haven't. Sorry, I don't mean to piss all those people off. I know a lot of law enforcement people, and I'm not a defund the police lefty, you know, pinko, you know what. But I, it don't take much to be a damn police officer. Now, to be a district attorney, hell yeah, that's a lot of hard work. To be a sheriff, you're damn right. To be higher ranking and more detective and 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 higher ranked skills within police departments, yes. But just to be a damn cop walking around driving a car down the street, it's a low barrier to entry. And anytime you have a low barrier to entry, it can equal to lowest common denominators who are applying and power amongst the ignorant slash arrogant, because it seems that arrogance seems to breed within the ignorance, and there's nothing worse than a bad cop. And they are everywhere. There are so many of them. Question all law enforcement. Don't blindly support police officers. Get a good cop, you're in a damn good place. Get a bad cop, you're in a parallel universe of, of of awfulness so i'm a little wary of this uh back to blue no matter who type of uh of of approach at, at least how i'm deciphering it um i don't have enough time to give the backstory on this but daniel wilkie is a police officer and who would be getting all kinds of uh of trouble lots of charges against him and uh most people think he's a pretty piece of trash cop 
and a lot of people were giving Sheriff uh, Hammond a lot of grief for making excuses for Daniel Wilkie's behavior. If you want to know more on that, you're going to have to do the legwork on your own. Um, but this is her response to that. What happened was the sheriff found out about policy violations and terminated Daniel Wilkie from the sheriff's office. So I, I'm not aware of any point in time where the sheriffs ever condone some of Daniel Wilkie's behavior. But let me say this, because I talk about this a lot. Whatever Daniel Wilkie did wrong or violated the sheriff's office policy, uh, there's lawsuits pending. A lot of the lawsuits have been dismissed now, which has not really been made public because we're waiting for all of them to be dismissed. I think they're going to be. Um, again, I'm not on the litigation side of the sheriff's office. But our district attorney indicted Daniel Wilkie with 44 counts. 44 counts. A bunch of those are reckless driving because the DA's office went back through his, his dash cam footage and decided in his patrol vehicle he was driving recklessly. No, maybe he was driving recklessly, and maybe that's why they uh, why they cited him with that. Uh, I don't know. Her defense here, her dukes are up, and it, it makes just really makes me wonder why, um, other than taking up for Jim Hammond's response to this and just really wanting all police officers to say, I will go, you know, I will do anything for you no matter what. His dad, I got into a, a, a super deep dive on this, but I'm pretty sure it's the same Wilkie. His father was a, 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 a patrolman in the East Brainerd area in the 1990s, and he was known for being a hard ass. And we got busted a few times, uh, me and my running buddy at the time, who were we were always up to no good. I mean, if it weren't for drinking underage, you know, and uh, that's about it. We, you know, we wouldn't, we weren't doing anything else unlawful for the most part. But we were up to no good, and it was always like, look out for Wilkie. Wilkie's out to get us. I don't know if we were just trying to have a boss hog, uh, Luke and Bo Duke kind of thing uh, at the time, but it was it was a real deal. I don't know if Daniel Wilkie or his dad Wilkie or all the Wilkies are, are, are crooked or not, but dude got in a lot of trouble, and he did get dismissed from Sheriff Hammond's uh, uh, squad by Sheriff Hammond himself. Uh, this is, uh, what is this, More uh, more on that. Cody's talking about the excessive charges that uh, Pinkston brought to Wilkie over the last couple of years. Sorry, let me look for it. There it is. Another one is because on a roadside search of a person that had drugs, he had drugs and paraphernalia in his butt crack, which was pulled out on the side of the road with multiple deputies present, is absolutely allowable. And not only that, our district attorney then prosecutes him under this 44-count indictment for rape. Daniel Wilkie has rape charges pending against him for activity that he lawfully did as a sheriff's deputy. I'm not condoning his behavior. Uh, he was he violated sheriff's office policy in, in multiple ways, and he was terminated because of that. But has he been treated fairly by the district attorney's office? No. Do you know what's happening with those 44 counts? Nothing. Our DA indicts police officers and lets the case stay pending for two and a half years. You know, see, again, I, I just don't know enough of this, but I know there was some female... Uh, people who were that were arrested by Wilkie claiming that the, he was inappropriate. I guess that's what she was just referring to now. But she is staunchly, staunchly against the uh, the the charges against Daniel Wilkie, and I just find that to be, I find that to be strange. And this sounds, I don't, I don't like a thing that I'm hearing here so far. And as far as as far as excessive uh, charges go, doesn't that happen all the time? We're going to throw out a bunch of these because we know they're not all going to stick. So we got to try to make sure we get as many to stick as possible. I don't know. Again, I get that from Law & Order television shows. Maybe I shouldn't get my my police uh, inner workings of, of police departments from TV shows. 
Let's see. Uh, Jeff basically just says, will she go after bad cops? What will she do if she finds out that there are bad cops in, uh, in, in, in Hamilton County? Absolutely. Anybody in this county that violates a state statute, a state criminal statute, will be prosecuted by the district attorney's office regardless of who they are. I don't think our district attorney has done that fairly, though. But absolutely. I mean, that, that, that goes without saying. If you, if you steal as a police officer, you're going to get charged with theft just like Jeff Stiles would get charged sure. with theft. Of, of course. That's not the point. The point is if, if the district attorney goes out of his way multiple times in his first eight years of office to go after police officers, the Gatlinburg detective, Rodney Burns, Neil Pinkston tried to ruin his career. He indicted him for aggravated perjury. And what happened to that case? It was dismissed. Because the indictment was improper. It's time and time again of just not supporting law enforcement. He brags about an excessive force hotline that he created. That's not the role of the district attorney. He brags about creating a hotline in his own office for people to come in and complain about police officers. That is the opposite of what his role is. Yeah, this is my fourth time now listening to this. And there's no chance I'm voting for her if I, uh, I mean, I guess I'll be voting. Surely I'm going to vote for everybody else. So I've never voted for district attorney before. But it won't be for Cody Womp. It will be for Neil Pinkston, if you want my official endorsement now. Um, she's upset that he created an excessive force hotline, and it's not his place. Uh, I don't know whose place it is. But why would why why the venom towards an excessive force hotline? What the hell's wrong with that? Why is that a problem? Um, another thing that Neil uh, Pinkston supports and has had funded under his uh, his reign as 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 district attorney is the cold case unit. Now I'm not going to pretend like I know anything about the local cold case unit, but I thought most departments had such a thing. Well, I I guess you can't have one if you want to have a gang task force like she wants so badly. I'll let her so eloquently uh, explain herself about the cold case unit. Which one do I have here? Cody number eight. There it is. Uh, yeah, I will get rid of the cold case unit. You can't have both. There's only limited resources in that office. There's a limited amount of money. They get a certain pot from the state and now a certain pot from the county. And you just can't have everything you want to have. Cold cases are super fun. And uh, I think that they have had success. I, I don't know if it's overwhelming success. I wouldn't agree with that. A lot of solved cold cases in the last eight years have been confessions uh, that the cold case unit then takes credit for. Um, that's just the truth. I was at a press conference where they solved a cold case, but the guy had confessed to a Texas Ranger who was serving a prison sentence in Texas, and then they brought him up here and said, hey, confess. Oh, so we have, to be, we have to be careful. We have to be careful about that. But, yeah, the priority of this county for the next decade has to be gang and violent crime, period. All right, all right, all right. All right. A, a, a couple of things here. I only have one more left. We're running late on this segment, but I want to do this here for a couple more minutes, and I'll be short on the final segment. Um, okay, cold, cold cases. I mean, they're, like, super fun. Um, I understand what she's – what her – approach there was sounds kind of like she's about 21 years old i think she might still be in a little western womp 10 years ago mode needs to grow up just a little bit cold cases are quote-unquote super fun come on now um and it, it, can it be a cold case unit and a gang task force i guess can that is that that's just not possible or she just want it to be not possible just trying to paint a picture that it's one or the other, kind of like a tainted pole. Would you rather have a gang task force or a cold case unit? Pick one or the other. Can't we do kind of both? I think you probably could if you wanted to. And there's not a gang problem in this town. We've been going around and around on this for 15, 20 years. There's a bunch of wannabes. There's a, there's a youth 
gang wannabe youth culture in certain pockets of downtown, which Cody is going to actually make my point for me here in just a minute. And if there is a gang problem, her brother, might, Weston, might have the best way to combat it with better education from a long standpoint, like a long reach standpoint. Not something we do in the next two years, something we do in the next two generations. She just seems kind of like a lock them up and that fixes it type. Oh, I put, look how many people I put in jail last year. Look how safe everybody is because I got a bunch of people in jail now. Yeah, there's no chance I'm, uh, voting for this woman she was nice to us and she's pretty and she's got a lot of people on her side but i'm not one of them and then oh and then confessions oh well they're taking a uh, credit for people who confessed what stop it final one as i mentioned she kind of makes my point for me yeah so well the city takes up a large part of the county and when i talk about gang and violent crime the truth is is absolutely it is mainly in the city limits it's mainly in a six by six mile uh, geographical limit. We know that it's not. There's not much gang and violent crime in Birchwood. So yes. So when I say county, I I mean a lot of the city. I've worked a lot with the city police department. I've met with major crimes. I've met with the gun team. I've met with the special victims unit, and they need help from their district attorney's office. So the gang and violent crime unit would be the direct connector between the city police department and the DA's office. It will also have a dedicated prosecutor that works with those three groups: major crimes, gun team, and the gang and violent crime unit to make sure that when big cases are investigated by those groups, those organizations within the city police department, that there's a prosecutor on the other end that's going to take it and run with it in court. All right. So again, making my point for me. Yes, the gang problem is within, and she even made this even more my point, six by six mile radius. I guess we're just talking about downtown as you come down through the tunnel, uh, through the ridge cut there to your left, a little bit further up to your left, a little bit further up to your left, then get off on Main Street, a little over to your left. And in some other gentrified areas that used to be some of those gang problems. Yeah, there's not gang problems in Birchwood or Apison or Harrison or East Brainerd or wherever else the county reaches to that I'm forgetting of right now or in East Ridge. There's not. So what what about this? Just flippantly, we're done with cold cases, like something that could actually help the entire county, maybe at all the time. Or something that's just barely affecting portions of the county, which are primarily within the city of Chattanooga, which I feel like should be more of a jurisdiction of Tim Kelly and his administration or some kind of combined effort. I I don't know. I don't know. Um, She's fiery. She I believe she knows what she's doing. She'd probably be a fine district attorney for the city, but her back the blue, no matter who approach and gangs are our biggest problem. It's fear-mongering is what it sounds like to me. It's fear-mongering. And it's, it's, it's creating a hypothetical to be enraged about something that's not necessarily true or can't be completely quantified. And I'll just leave it at that. All right, so pushing 30 minutes on this segment. I hope uh, I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad I did it. I got to know more about her. I got to know a little bit more about the relationship amongst the city and the county. And, um, and what the DA, at least she thinks that the DA does, and uh, vote accordingly. But I'm telling you right now, I'm endorsing Weston Womp for Hamilton County Mayor, and I am endorsing and completely supporting a re-election of Neil Pinkston for the district attorney's seat. And that is all for that. The mocks are going dancing in thrilling fashion 
and it was a fun, fun night, and there's another couple of fun nights coming up, and I'll talk about it next. Now more Stone on Air. It's about to get all stupid up in here. Stoneonair.com. Happy Trails firm, and the Paladins were up 63-61 to 61 in overtime over Chattanooga with 4.3 seconds left for the automatic bid from the Southern Conference. Mike Bothwell had put Furman ahead with a layup. Rather than call timeout, Chattanooga inbounded the ball to David Jean-Baptiste, who dribbled to his left to just past midcourt, oh. and while being tightly oh. guarded, went up with a jump shot. Not a heave, a real shot. It went in swish, game over. Furman players fell to the floor in shock. Jean-Baptiste took off his shirt and ran around the court deliriously, and as they say, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. Oh my God, these things are so incredible. This week, this may be the highlight of March Madness. I guess not. Next week should be great, too. But we don't know how many times we're going to get that scene. And in these conference tournaments, Tony, it seems like we get them every night. Can't wait to see what tonight is. This is Green Day at Live 8 in 2005. We are the champions of the SoCon, baby. And, you know, my favorite team, the Titans, my favorite team of all time, the Braves, both come from large, large cities. Atlanta, one of the biggest cities in the world. Nashville, one of the biggest cities this side of the West, this side of the Mississippi, you know, southeastern anyway. And when I see my team featured on PTI or one of the top tickers, on ESPN or any of the the major uh, sports reporting media outlets, I just get all giddy. I get so excited to see him on that ticker because it just doesn't happen that often. And to see my Chattanooga team be not just a blurb mentioned on PTI, but an actual little blurb minute and 10 second portion of that show where they dedicate discussing the game. Oh, it made me just, it made me just beaming, absolutely beaming. And, I, you might be thinking, what? where did this Mox basketball love come from, Brian? There, there's a lot there, and I'll tell you more about it in just a minute. Um, but the Mox did, uh, at UTC, put out a, a, a little blurb uh, teaser thing for the next day or two that they're going to be having a, a, a party at McKenzie Arena, a watch party for the selection show on Sunday. I'm going to guess that it's free. I would be shocked if it wasn't free. You know, they'll sell concessions. They got a gorgeous scoreboard in that place now. It is just, it is pristine. It is so amazing. It'd be so much fun to watch the selection show on that. And so I'm definitely going to go. And uh, the details, though, are yet to come. So by the time you hear this, those details are probably going to be out there. So that's going to be a big time. I'm taking a day off work next week uh, on that Thursday or Friday, whichever day that they're uh, that they're playing. Everybody tends to think they're going to be maybe a 13 seed. That's a very solid seed. If they were to get all the way up to a 12 seed, that could be a very competitive game. Of course, if you know, you know, the 12-5 games are always or oftentimes bananas uh, or, you know, historically. That's going to be uh, awesome. And um, growing up, my dad was, and I'll do this as quickly as I can, my dad was, for a few years, the team podiatrist for the Chattanooga Lookouts, foot doctor, and team podiatrist for UTC Mox football and basketball. 
just a few years, 92 to 95, maybe somewhere in there. And then even when he wasn't officially uh, connected with the school, he was still a regular supporter and we would go to games all the time. So I was at Chamberlain Field every Saturday at home games. We had our little, um, um, it was this new of its kind, a portable x-ray van. Medray was the name of this company he started and he ended up selling it. I don't know if it did well or not, but you could do x-rays on the spot. Well, in 1992, that was a major innovation in in medicine. Medicine. Um, again, I don't know that it really took off, but it was something that nobody else was doing. So we were there all the time. And we would go to the basketball games all the time as well. Terrell Owens played for the basketball team and didn't play on the 97 team that won the or went to the Sweet 16 uh, that was 25 years ago this year because he had just left to go to the combine to he was done with school and he was leaving early to go to the NFL draft. And so he played with all those team teammates that were on that sweet 16 team. My dad treated Terrell Owens at his, uh, uh, at his offices. So if any of the student athletes had ankle issues, they would go to my dad's practice. That was a arrangement for a few years. So I was at Mox basketball games from the ages of 12, 13, 14 to 15, 16, all the way till basically 17 years old. I would watch the the Sweet 16 games with with my dad at a, the the old boat, uh, not the boathouse, but the that same building, the old Sandbar Sports Bar. So I had a huge fanatical uh, approach to all college basketball until I was like. Same with football, like 25, 26. I just stopped caring. In the last 10, 15 years, because I don't gamble, I haven't barely cared about March Madness, other than a few years that the mocks have made made the tournament and had a you know an okay look at it, but they haven't won a game in the tournament since 1997. So when they made this run, this really touched emotionally with me a lot, and, and part of it was is because about two months ago, my dad just randomly said, hey, we're going to go to the Mox game on Saturday afternoon. He wasn't even inviting me. I haven't been to a Mox game in maybe a decade, basketball game. And I think I talked about it on the podcast here, so I'm not going to talk about it too too much, just not to be repetitive. But we went to three games. I decided, like, yeah, hell, let's, why not? Let's go. It costs almost nothing. It is a fun, 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 cheap, free, family is hell friendly, but also you can go with the boys. You know, anybody can go and have a good time. We went to three games. We went to two of me and my mom, my stepmom and my dad, and then the nep- nephew and niece came on the third game just about three or four weeks ago. And it was just a ball. It was a blast. And it was just kind of also this reminiscing blast from the past. Man, I remember when I loved watching Mox basketball and then getting really excited for this championship game on Monday and kind of hyping it a bunch online and telling my friends who might not have been paying attention, hey, 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 don't forget, man, Monday night, 7 o'clock, we're on primetime ESPN. Are you kidding me? In Asheville, one of the coolest cities in the world. This is going to be awesome. And and they're good. And I thought that they would easily win. And so I thought that, you know, I went into it cocky thinking, we're going to win this. I and mean, Awesome, man. This is going to be fun. And then the struggles of the game. They scored 16 points in the first half. That was the most putrid half of basketball I've ever seen. And this is not hyperbole. This is not just saying, oh, that's the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh, that was the best song I've ever heard. Oh, that was the most fun I ever had. No, no, no. This is not one of those. It was the single worst half of basketball I've ever seen a basketball team play in my life. And then the second half was, this is a little hyperbolic, 
the single most um, thrilling half of basketball that I've seen. Probably not the, the most thrilling ever. But damn it, if it's not in the conversation, it's somewhere on a list. That was phenomenal. And then Furman made that quick comeback at the end. And then the overtime. And then the shot scene around the country. Every outlet. It was so, oh my God, it was so cool. I have watched that final minute of that game. I would say, I would set the over-under on it at 35 and a half times. 35 and a half times is where I would set the betting line as to where I've how many times I've seen that. It has been, and I, I think if I had to throw the money down and you could prove it, which you can't, it would be over. It is, it was so, I, I fell to the floor. I jumped like I won the World Series, the championship of life, the championship of all championships, and fell to the floor like almost crying. Oh my God, this is so cool. So, 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 so cool. And the arena looks great. The roundhouse looks fantastic. Um, so there you go. So keep a lookout from uh, the, the the official accounts from UTC and Mox Basketball as far as the the details for the watch party at McKenzie. And then uh, I'm a, I'm, I'm take, I've already told uh, work today. I said, whatever day the Mox are playing next week, either Thursday or Friday, I'm taking that day off. And uh, I'm going to drink all day. I'm going to find watch parties. I'm going to hang out with mock maniacs. I'm going to wear the gear. And it's going to be a, a, a damn good day. And they might get their teeth kicked in. They might get beat into the ground. Or they might not. That's what makes sports so much damn fun. And uh, I guess I'll wrap it up right there. I had another direction. I was going to go with some other stuff from back in the past. But I, uh, I'm happy the way this show turned out. I hope you enjoyed it. Appreciate you so much for being here as per usual at Stone on Air. On all social media is how you can find me. And uh, that's it. See you later. Have a good one. Bye. We are the